This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday Fan Podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name's Eddie, and I am hosting this week, um, which is um, always a recipe for mediocrity. Uh, however, there are people who will help us increase the quality of the podcast, and they number three. First of all, we have Daniel Fudge. Dan Fudge, are you there, sir? I am here after after many a technical issue, and uh, after me trying to entice Vic to go for a Usual, we've just started recording. Let's go for a wee. And it was me that was late on. So that's nice, isn't it? Are you all right, Ed? I'm, not, I'm good. Uh, I, so was it the length of the wee that caused the technical problems, or were you just pissing on your computer? Well, I, I, I believe that piss and computers don't mix. So I heard this on the – I think I'd seen it on a, on a piss website at some point. You know what I mean? So, But, that, you know, we don't want to go down that, that, that route just yet. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you recording in the, are you recording the back of your Nova again? Yeah, why does it sound like it? Does it sound like I'm miles away? A piss website. A piss website. Yep. Right. Okay. Let's move Look, on. Right. This, 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 every time I, I clearly, I'm not a particularly good disciplinarian here because everyone else has, has come in and spoiled the surprise that Victoria is also here. Vicky, good evening. Don't don't call me that. Why would you call me that? Um, yeah, hi. I haven't pissed on any computers tonight, so who's winning now, Fudge? Uh, James, um, how are you, sir? Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, it's probably not the best start to a podcast we've ever done, although uh, I'm thinking back to about 10 seconds before we actually started the podcast, uh, and you went, is everyone here? Is everyone happy? Oh, no, is everyone ready? Is everyone happy? And I'm thinking... Uh, Probably not really, to be honest. No. Should we just not bother this week? Should we skip it? Oh, no. You know, there's plenty to talk about. I know it's it's not easy at the moment uh, being a Wednesday fan. It's it's even less easy being a Wednesday fan who then has to talk about Sheffield Wednesday um, for upwards of 40 minutes a week. Um, but there is plenty going on. And there is no point 
us not being here because we have a wonderful sponsor in the form of the Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane. So on a match day, that is a happy place to go. It doesn't matter what is happening on the pitch or behind the scenes at Sheffield Wednesday. It is the best place to get fine food and fine drink. And that's where we will always be. Um, and we and were there. I just, sorry, can I just confirm that as of this weekend, they are open throughout the game as well? Because a lot of the guys went back at half time on Saturday and they were still open. So if you're in dire need of a fine <laughs> at 45 minutes, Catch bar lane. There you go. And let's be honest, that is why would indictment of how bad our season is? The fact that they're yeah. now open during the match because people just can't be asked going. <laughs> Look, and, and and let's be honest, there is no finer example of that uh, than Saturday and the Rotherham game. Um, James, uh, you know, let's start at about two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Um, the lineup came out. And, uh, you know, we needed to make a statement, didn't we? It's a local derby. Uh, there's, there is pride at stake, if not anything else. And, let, you know, let's forget about points for a minute. This was a big game locally. Uh, and the, the, the side that we named, um, how, how did you feel? So, that, you know, Zhao and Nuyu uh, back together up top. OK, we, they've not been the most productive. Um but is that the best that we have to offer um, up top? You know, going forward, how did you see the the lineup once it was uh, once it was announced? Um, I, I'm 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 gonna I think I'm gonna struggle this season to get excited with any lineup that's got Ati Nuyu in it because it's it's not his season, is it? And even his uh, most staunch fan, who uh, interestingly is on the podcast with us this evening, um, would would have to concede that um, he's just having a bit of a nightmare of a, a season, and nothing's nothing's happening for him. So, um, is it our best, most productive combination up front? I bloody hope not, because it doesn't say a great deal for for what else we've got what what we really need to do actually is find some way of getting Fletcher and Jao playing well together because they're our best two strikers uh we've got this issue with Fletcher whereby he can't really play more than like you know two games out of a month uh because his fitness level is never going to be good enough again to be able to manage more than that you've got the issue with Jao and I know we'll probably talk a bit more about this later on about the fact that you kind of get game on, game off with Jao. He's, he's great for a game and then he just doesn't turn up for the next one. So um, I, I don't know, Do we, I, is it possible for us to have a best combination up front? Because are we ever going to get to a point where two of our strikers are playing well at the at the same time or even two of our strikers that can play well together are actually fit at the same time? I don't know. How does everyone which, else see it? Um, which dead strikers do we have Like that are strikers but are dead? So it's like Gary Hooper... Is he actually dead? Like, is he injured? I can't. I can't remember now. It's gone. Oh, no. Mark yeah, Hooper, Trimmer from the nineteen thirties. They're <laughs> definitely dead. But we we do have a couple of strikers, don't we? But they're just they're just defunct, aren't they? They're just waiting on the redundancy package, on sick leave. Like, what? Like, is there only Hooper? I can't think who else there is. Oh, Jordan Rhodes, he's well, gone, isn't he? Well, the the, the Super Widow isn't there, and um. Yeah, Sam Hooper Hill, yes. is injured. I, I, I don't think we'll see Hooper again. Um, certainly in certainly this season, I don't think we'll see him again in a Wednesday shirt because he played a bit, didn't he, for the under twenty whatevers, and then picked up a knock, and he's had to go for another operation now. They're all the hallmarks of someone who who is 
just crocked, unfortunately, which is a shame because he's he's an extremely good striker. He's the best striker we've got. Uh, and Winall, again, was close, wasn't he? And then he seemed to have another setback and no one really has heard anything about that. So um, I think we I think we were told beginning of January, was it, last we heard for Winall? Yeah, there was, a, uh, there was an article, I think. Was it today? They released an article. Uh, they spoke to Sammy Winall. Uh, I think it's in the star that they spoke to him and uh, he says it's the uh, the most hardest thing he's had to go through in his football career and he will play again. He's de- you know he's he's desperate to it. But I think yes, January. End, I think end of January was the uh, was the time that was earmarked for him. So I, I suppose what I was getting at is, given the embarrassment of poverty at the striker position that we have, um, it seems like Lucas Zhao is the one player who potentially could score goals. So is Ati Nuiu the best player alongside him to enable those goals to be scored? Because honestly, any other combination just looks pretty moribund. And, you know, Zhao, yeah, like you say, he has a game on, a game off. But when he has a game on, it's an actual game on. And, you know, and he, and he scores goals. So is there something about having Nuiu beside him that leads to a better performance from Lucas Zhao that we don't get when Fletcher is beside him, for instance. It's it's possible, isn't it? Because there were those games at the back end of last season where um, Nuiu and Zhao were our front two and they were scoring goals between them. Um, Nuiu kind of more so than um, than, than Zhao. Um, now we're in a situation where Zhao's certainly scoring goals. And actually, you look at his record this season, it's pretty good from the appearances that he's made, the number of goals that he's scored. But we all actually see the fact that he can be quite a frustrating, um, quite a frustrating player. Um, I don't know. I I wonder. The problem with this sort of thing is when you look at our team and what's going on, is you think, right? Should we be playing um, Nuiu alongside Zhao, or actually, should we just stick another central defender in there? Let's try and keep it to nil at that end of the pitch, <laughs> and then we've got a better chance of actually winning some winning some games. So I don't know who. Or who, like three who should we play instead of Ati Nuiu? Sam Hutchinson, <laughs> stick Sam Hutchinson in there, um, and I think we'd have a better chance of winning games. So, I, yeah, so I, I don't think anyone can can disagree with the idea that we are we're lacking up top and we're looking for answers. Um, at the back has been as questionable, and you know as the game went on, um, both of those things were writ large, weren't they? So there was a chance for um, Adam Reach, probably the first proper chance that we had that. Uh, you know, I think it was wasted. He, you know, he didn't get hold of it. At the other end, you know, Rotherham got some some play. Um, there was a great save from Cameron Dawson at, at, at the other end, and Rotherham had their chances in the first half. Um, when the goal came, it, I wouldn't say it was against the run of play, but it was certainly against the run of how Wednesday play. Um, it was almost a little callback to the the way that um, Carvalho used to use Joao where we had an early ball, he used you know his pace and his strength to to get past the defenders um and finish. How much of that is you know, this is how Wednesday should play now, when when teams aren't waiting for us to press them um now and they're gonna come on to us a, a little bit more. And how much of that was just a complete fluke, you know, uh, long ball out and a mistake by the defender. Um, you know, Fudge, is that a you know, is that a blueprint for success this season, or was that just a, a you know a fluke in a pretty awful first half performance? Absolutely, Hundy P. The latter. I think he's just boshed it, and he's boshed it. 
It's as simple as that. There was no contrite reason behind how we scored that goal. It was like, ER, that's going in that net. And that's it. You know, it's as, it's as simple as that. There's, a, there's an element of fluke to it, but, you know, you've still got to be pretty skillful to get it in. There is absolutely no way on earth that the, uh, that the mustachioed maestro has told him to do that or pass that knowledge onto the team. It's just, it's just not happened. It's just it's just not the way he plays football, and it's probably like a muscle memory for for the players to score a goal like that. That, that that's all it is. It's um, it's you know, no, no, I don't think I don't think we tried to do that. No, God, I'm a miserable. Well, so put it another way, do we think Yossi's going to look at that and go, oh bloody hell, that's that seemed to work. Maybe we should be knocking direct balls from deep and playing on the break going forward because that's something we've not done in in you know best part of two seasons, isn't it? No, I agree with you, and uh, I don't think he will learn from that because uh, Josh Lukai seems to have purchased these two plastic fingers that sit in his ears and play la la la. I'm not listening <laughs> uh, over and over again, and they and they come with some rose tinted spectacles as well. So you know, I do, I don't think he will have learned from it. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't disagree. Um, so that you know, it was one nil. Went into half time. Uh, I think everyone felt like uh, pretty lucky, but we'll take it, you know. And and Rotherham didn't really show anything much. Um, we came out in the second half, and if there has been a an archetype, a blueprint for how Wednesday start a second half, um, this was absolutely, you know, this was perfect, wasn't it? Twenty seconds to the point where. If you actually, if you watch the highlights on uh, YouTube, the short highlights, in a two-minute video, they find the time to actually show the second-half kickoff and then the build-up to Rotherham's equaliser, which comes 21 seconds into the second half. Uh, you know, we, we, obviously, we were caught cold again for the 36th time this season. Um, James, could you know, could or should we have done any more in that situation, or was that just literally you know, falling asleep across the entire team? It was um, uh, something that we've actually seen quite a few times that that, hap- that happens this season, whereby we just aren't awake enough. And um, uh, Fudge and I touched on this a little bit last week about how Blackburn had done their research and know that we're we're quite susceptible when we've just scored. Um, we're quite susceptible when we just kicked off because we we just don't seem to you know brain just doesn't seem to engage collectively as a as a team and um I don't know, I mean this is probably quite unfair I just kind of feel that maybe we just don't have a particularly you know you talk about intelligent footballers maybe yeah. we just don't have an intelligent team we're just really lacking that intelligence it, through the team it always and feels sometimes like collectively me. we just we just get we just get caught out. I always feel like, you know, in the morning when you get to work and like I get off the tram at work and I walk down towards my office and I think, no, do you know what? I need to go and get a coffee from the diamond. Like I need to go and get a brew. And sometimes you don't. And then you spend your entire day just half asleep at your desk. And I feel like we just need to get them all a coffee before we kick off for the second half. Because it is literally like no one's no one's woken up at all, have they? It's just, uh, it's all, it's all like they've been to the Riverside Cafe at half time, you know, had a had a pint and a you know basket of chips, and they're feeling a bit lethargic and a bit tired. It's it is like Friday Friday afternoon um, in the office where everyone's been out for a pub lunch because we just don't get up and get at it, and, you know. And the second goal, I mean, I don't know if it, 
is can you put any blame on anyone else other than Dawson for the second goal? You know, could could we have actually stopped that move before a guy took a speculative shot and it snuck underneath a keeper who was clearly, you know, asleep and full of chips? <laughs> uh, it was bad, wasn't it? It was... Um, we've all stuck up for Dawson a lot this season and rightly so, in fairness. I think we've all stuck up for him with very, very good reason. That was unfortunate. It was a very... It was something that every goalkeeper dreads and it it happened, you know. Um, but we also have to look at the fact that We've said before, you know, he's he'd made the most saves in the league and because he's got a shite back four in front of him, but he had made the most back No, Vic, hang on a minute. No, hang on. You said he'd made the most saves in the league and we went, that's bollocks. It's because he's had the most shots against him. Of course he has. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> well, of course he's made the most saves in the league. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he Alex has. Liverpool's made less saves than Cameron Dawson. Don't mean he's a better goalkeeper. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but I mean he has he has stood up and he's made those saves when he's had to. He unfortunately made a mistake on Saturday that I think had he have had the season that he could have had, or well, Westwood had three four years ago. I don't think anyone would have pointed out that as a big mistake. Would have all gone well, you know, shit happens. The fact that he's in front of a very, very poor defense, a very poor defensive midfield, a very poor two strikers. To be fair, I think it was always going to stand out as a moment. Um, so uh, yes, it was awful. Yes, it was. It was a professional mistake. It happens to every keeper at some point. He made that mistake. It just so happened to be at a point that. He really didn't need the spotlight on him. I'll tell you what, so actually, that... sorry, sorry, Eddie. Um, you mentioned Westwood there, Vic. Did you um, did you see the top shit housing from? Is it Sky Sports or Sky Bet today? Who for yeah, literally no there, reason, though. literally no reason, just went. Here's a Kieran Westwood montage. I've got no idea. Unless, you know, they literally, they, they must have queued this tweet just up. Just let David Garrido like on Twitter for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. They just went full troll mode. And uh, I just thought, we've got this brilliant video montage of... Kieran Westwood being the best keeper in the championship. Let's twist the knife a little bit and post it now. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about why Kieran Westwood in the news a little bit later. But yeah, it, uh, yeah. you know, is it, do they just do they hate Cameron Dawson? Maybe Sky Sports have got a cheeky bet on you know on Dawson. You know, I don't know. That was yeah. <laughs> But, you know, irrespective of that, you know, it, it was an error and it left us behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, we changed things around a little bit. We went, we kind of went, um, we're going to play uh, five at the back. We're going to now play four at the back for a bit. And then we go back to five at the back. And in in amongst all of this ridiculous defensive changing that was going on, um, we got a cross in. Zhao got away from his marker, headed one in. Um, three goals now for Zhao. Uh, a left foot, a right foot, and a header. Uh, 2-2. Joao is clearly the complete striker physically. Um, uh, James, uh, you know, we we have just talked about him a little bit, but you know, you can see that he can do it, and you can see that he loves playing the game and loves scoring goals, and he's still like a little kid and he's quite giddy when he scores. Um, what is he lacking 
that means that he is not not only the first name on our team sheet, but you know, the, in amongst the the discussions about being um, the best striker in the championship. Uh, what is he lacking? I, I mean, I think he's lacking. Um being played consistently in a position that he can kind of uh, really kind of learn. But I think it's a bit more than that. I think what he's probably lacking at the moment is he's a bit of a mentor. And it's interesting you talk about the fact that he's still young. He's not actually. He's not still young at all in, in football in terms. Um, he's, um, you know, he should be he should be at a point now where he um, is, is kind of coming into his own. But I think the way that the kind of player that he is, and we all kind of see these tendencies in him that, he can drift out of games and he can he can sulk a little bit. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that that just means that he needs a, a bit of an arm round him from time to time. He needs a bit of a mentor. And I think he needs it off the pitch, behind the scenes. And I think he needs it on the pitch as well. And, you know, we've, we've kind of bemoaned the lack of leadership that we've got kind of across the board this season. And I think that's probably what's kind of leaving Zhao a little... Um, unpredictable, a little inconsistent, um, you know, at times a little bit anonymous is is the fact that kind of the, the qualities that he really needs from within a team that he's part of are really lacking at the moment. Yeah, and so we got we got it back to 2-2 and there were chances, to be fair, chances for either side to win it. Um, knew he had a real chance where he slid in, uh, you know, kind of spooned it over, but we didn't really apply any more pressure than was absolutely expected in order to try and win the game. Um, it finished 2-2 in isolation. It was probably a fair result. It leaves us 17th, and it, it, and it's a, a failure to win at home against a local rival who um, shouldn't be fit to, to lace this team's boots. So, you know, it has to go down as another underperformance, doesn't it? Um, it Vic, so... We know that Dayfon Chancery is going to be coming back in the country after prolonged absence um, out. You know, Yoss has been asked many times in the local press um, about you know his future, etc. Uh, if you were Yoss now, do you feel that that Dayfon is coming in and just like uh, Carlos Cavalial this time last year? Do you think he's coming back wielding an axe? To be honest, um, we, we were talking about this in the pub the other day and we were saying about how many other jobs could you go in and go, do you know what? Yeah, this is my salary. Yeah, I'll sign a five-year deal. Yeah, if I, if I, if I fuck up, you'll just pay me off. Um, it doesn't happen, does it? So he's not going to be shitting himself by any means whatsoever. The guy's not bothered. Um, and I just... <sighs> I don't think, I don't know if it's been lost in translation or whatever, but I think his post-match comments have been appalling, absolutely appalling. And I'm, you know, I was I was very cautious with Carlos. I was very sort of, you know, I, I saw the good in him a lot more than probably I should have done. Um, but I think that Yossa's comments this week have been absolutely disgusting um, to a fan base to accuse us of what he's accused us of and to say that we're living in the past and whatever else. We are living as people that are paying out six hundred, seven hundred pounds a season to go and watch that shite. Um so if the axe does come down, brilliant. Um I don't think either of us will be upset if it does. Um I think he's gonna get a few a few quid in his back pocket and we're gonna get probably screwed over by financial fair play. James is the one to talk about that. Um 
I yeah, maybe it'll come down, maybe the axe will fall, but I, I do I do wonder why does it need Dayfon Chanzeri to come back? Should it not be up to Catrienne? If she is the CEO, should it not be her job to do that sort of thing? Does she have that power? And if not, does she as a strong business woman, business person, does she not want to go somewhere that she does have that power and not have to wait for a boss to come home? I think we've we've discussed this before on the show, and uh, I think we've uh, there's been a lot of rumours, hasn't there, about what a control freak uh, Dave Ponchancery is. He's um, he wants to be involved in everything. Like I, I I spoke to a guy who wanted to sell T-shirts at the mega store, and um, they didn't get an audience uh, to to get in there because Chancery was going to be away for the next six months. So there seems to be a level of of that with him. I mean, bear in mind, the guy's the CEO of a huge company as well. He's, he's, you know, his own, his own company. He's got a lot going on. And when it comes to picking the t-shirts for the, for the mega store, or even to the extent of the fortunes of his football team, like it, 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 he's probably got other things to worry about, like making money to keep this football team alive. But I, there is an element that, that has been muttered around a lot, especially the last few years of, um, that he's a bit of a control freak and wants to be involved in every single de- decision that, that that's made around the club, even down to the you know the colour of the seats and what's written on what you know what the white chairs spell out and all and all that sort of stuff. But I agree with you, Vic, as well. The comments from Joss are absolutely incredible, especially a fan base as as volatile as ours. I mean, when we've got the mug on, we're we're some of the worst fans in the country. But when we're bouncing, we're absolutely incredible. There's the, you know there's nobody like us. Uh, even though Leeds probably would have took more, but you know, there's there, for, for him to blame us, for him to go, it's your fault. Uh, it's your fault. You're getting on the crowd's back. Um, you know, it it it, 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 it all falls on your shoulders because the, the last two or three years are, are are in the past. Well, if only we had the same players from the last two years. Can you imagine if we, we had only players had like Westwood and Hutchinson and Zhao? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like we've still got the same players. How dare we expect success from the same players that got I into think, two, two I playoffs? Think the thing for me, Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it shocks insane. me more than anything because uh, me and James have met Catrienne, um with Rich at the the film premiere, and she is a very strong, very very powerful woman, and she has obviously done very well for herself. Like female, male, whatever. She's done very, very well for herself in football. Obviously, she was thrown under the bus at Charlton. We'll we'll let that slide. Um, but she is obviously a great footballing businesswoman, business person. Um, and it, it does just surprise me that she would want to work for somebody who won't let her make those decisions, if that's the case. Um, because I feel like she she knows what she's doing a lot more than maybe other people in the football club know what they're doing with running a football club. And it just shocks me that she doesn't have that autonomy to say, that's it now, you're off, or that's it now, whoever. That doesn't seem to be the case. And that really does surprise me because I would have imagined that part of her deal for coming here would have been that she could go, right, what I say goes, because I am the boss. Yeah. She's got some clout. I'll tell you what, Vic, it's like she's receiving a significant amount of money 
to <laughs> to be the face of the company in in, in Depon's uh, Depon's absence. Like it's like she's being paid to shut the fuck up. But like, she doesn't yeah, come man. across as that person at all. And I don't. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not saying this against like you three as being blokes, but I really don't think that if he'd have brought in Steve Jones from a different club, that we would be thinking that. I honestly think that. She she comes across. No, I agree as with a, you. For a, for a female to, yeah. to to get to that and level, it just is it just surprises me. She must. She I always must be feel something like special. I don't know. Like you sometimes feel like they must be a battle axe to be at that point. Like you think of Karen Brady, you think of you know Delia Smith or whoever. They must be like some sort of arsehole to get there, which but, a lot of women have to be. But she. She's obviously done something right at some point to get to where she is. Why isn't she being given the trust now to manage this football club as a chief executive? Those, the, you know, the men who are doing that role have to be dickheads as well. And, you know, and it, it shouldn't really be judged by how objectionable you're going to be. The difference is that um, a lot of these chief execs, when you have a chairman who is away on business or away on whatever... Uh, they employ a chief exec to be the person to sit there and put their head above the parapet and face the bullets that are coming in. Um, you know, Catrienne doesn't really seem to, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming her for this. I think Dapon Chansiri hasn't said to her, you're going to go out there and try and justify all the things that I'm doing or saying. He's saying nothing and he's instructing her to say nothing. So really, there's nothing coming out of the club whatsoever. Now, I think that Katria Mayer is here to do um, a, you know, a job and not be the face of the company, such as it is. And actually, I think you've got, you've got Jos Lukai, who's there taking all the flack. Um, and, and so well he should be, because he's the one that, um, that he, who cannot get the best out of this, uh, you know, this playing squad. Um, when Dapon Chansiri comes back, what he generally does is uh, breaks his silence in a a slightly weird and offbeat way, whether it is uh, dictating a statement to the to the official website, whether it is um, a press release to Radio Sheffield and the Star, or whether it is booking a um, a fans forum. And we've had fans forums at the club, haven't we? Um, you know, over the, the throughout Dave Chan series reign, uh, this one on the twentieth of December is going to be very different, isn't it? Because it's in. The, the octagon, um, it's going to be, what's the capacity there, Vic? You know, uh, 700, that, 800 I people potentially? Seated, I think you're talking, yeah, about 1,000 people. It's 1,000. Well, so there you go, right. So, you know, this, this is effectively a town hall meeting. Um, uh, uh, James, you know, what are we going to expect from this fans forum? Now it's been opened up to a much bigger and, let's be honest, uninvited contingent of Wednesday fans. Um, you know, what's going to be said yeah. and what is going to be the message from the club, do we think? Uh, I don't want, I don't want to sound cynical. Um, but it, it, I mean, this is interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, Dejon Chanchero has been here for a while now. And, and when he first came in, he tended to do these things with, um, the steering group meetings. Uh, which I went along to uh, a few of them. I think, you know, Vic went to a few. There's a few other people that, that we, you know, know and come on the podcast sometimes who've, who've been along and, and done bits and bobs at, um, at those meetings. And then 
that that seemed to kind of die off and 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 he didn't seem to want to do that anymore and um he started sometimes he did them in tandem for a while doing um the steering group meetings and fans forums and now it just seems to be the fans forum and and, and it seems they seem to have got bigger and, and bigger uh, and kind of opened up to a wider and wider audience now the cynic in me says that that's because what will happen on the 20th is that um it will um start with a, a speech from the chairman it will descend into some kind of chaos with members of the audience just kind of hurling a bit of abuse shouting when you know it's not their turn to speak probably arguing among themselves and the the whole night kind of goes a little bit to pot uh, but the club can kind of say look you know we gave the maximum number of supporters the chance to come along it's not our fault that it didn't that it didn't work out and that you know people with reasonable questions didn't get a chance to ask them that's that's the cynic in me that thinks that because I've seen steering group meetings with 20 people there descend into chaos. So when you've got a thousand fans in uh, a room and let's be fair, you know, football fans have different, different ways in which they get the point across. Um, you know, they're not all going to try and get the point across in a considered uh, measured way. There were people that want to go there and probably start singing. We want our Wednesday back at the, at the back of the room because that's their way of getting their, their points across, as we saw on Saturday with some people in the North Stand. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, what, what I expect from it is that it will not be a particularly smooth evening. I think it will be very heated. I, I think we'll, we'll hear, um, the chairman say things that, that, that maybe we've, we've heard him talk about before. Um, I, I I'm not entirely sure that we're likely to get anything um out of this meeting that's that's going to kind of make fans come away thinking oh i feel better about things i might be wrong but um you know it's it's kind of, it's it, it is hard to kind of guess as to you know, how how the chairman is going to go into this what his you know um approach to it is 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 going to be uh because i can i can see it being a little bit standoffish i love is how there diplomatic you being is there a chance, Fudge, that we're um, <laughs> nine days out from you know from that event? Is there a chance that Dave Fonchanceri is going to come back? He's going to make a move um, and change the coach. We've heard rumours about um, various names, um, and I don't want to get into the details of whether Steve Bruce is the right or wrong person to lead this club <laughs> going forward. But doesn't doesn't that put Dapon Chansiri in a much stronger position if he has made a decisive move, he has um he, he's put a new coach in place that may not be to the taste of every fan, but is clearly a departure and um you know something something different, a statement of intent. To, he can then go into something like a fans forum and spend twenty minutes settling scores like he has done in the past with you know the criticisms that have come um, at him, and then sit back and go, "Well, look, I've put my money where my mouth is." So the rest is some bollocks. I think you're being a little optimistic there, Ed. If I'm honest, I don't think there's any way, shape, that's or form. Optimistic. Oh, wow, it, that's optimistic. That's <laughs> optimistic. That <laughs> I think it's optimistic that he's going to sit there flanked by a new person because I think there's, I mean, bear in mind, he takes this personally. You know what I mean? Because he's such a control freak, he takes this personally. I chose this yeah. person. I put this person in charge and it's not worked out. This reflects on a bad choice by me. So there's going to be a, 
an element of belligerence around him. Now, have you ever seen, this is a weird reference, have you ever seen the episode, of course you have, of The Simpsons, where they shoot Mr. Burns, and there is, and, yeah. and, uh, and he goes, uh, it's, become, it's become apparent to me that a lot of you are sat sharpening knives. And that's what we're going to have. <laughs> we're going to have a, a group of Yorkshire people, all armed with their questions, all ready to go. Now, these questions are going to range from, uh, what's the story with Kieran Westwood and Sam Hutchinson et al, to the, cough, the bovril on the North Stand is too hot. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be an absolute range of these questions. Now, in terms of optimism on my behalf, what I'd like is these questions to be vetted. Uh, you know, like they do on, for example, Question Time, where they go, you, you over there, they make it look like it's live. It ain't. You know what I mean? This is all, this is more rehearsed than a Frankie Howard titty ye not. So, I, and, and then I'd want to, you know, leave the meaty questions uh, to be addressed in the forum. And then the ones that, you know, uh, the, the Bovril's too up. Uh, we'll look into it. Tick. Next one. We'll we'll put that as a list on the on a FAQs on the website, the ones we didn't ask on the day. I'd, I'd much prefer that. But I think James is absolutely right. It's going to descend into absolute madness. Now, if... Because that amount of people, Jesus. <laughs> but if uh, Dapon t- turns up with a, 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 a new man stood next to him, you know, he turns up on... Uh, one day we are now Tuesday, he turns up on Thursday... He's fired the geezer by Friday morning, and then he's got a new guy sat there on Saturday. I, I think it's going to be wishful thinking, but what that will do is disarm a lot of the people who are baying for blood, who are ready to go. You, you know what I mean? Either that is it, it, either they've got that planned, or the bloke's insane and wants to have a fight with all the Yorkshire people because that's what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But he, he, like, like James says, he's done it with 20. Um, it, I, I, I don't think that he wouldn't decide that he's going to do it with a cast of, of um, hundreds. My, think, my how do you see it going? on this whole thing is he, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not his biggest fan at the moment. I don't I don't really know where I stand with Dave on Transiri. And sometimes I love him, sometimes I hate him, sometimes you know. And but I think no matter what he does on that night, he won't be right. No matter what he does. He could turn up with Sir Alex Ferguson and say, here's your new gaffer, and we'd all be like, well, you should have done this three weeks ago. He could turn up with Paul Warren, and we'd all be like, well, he's not good enough. You know, I I don't think he's going to... I don't think there's an easy way out for him at the moment. I don't think that's a judgment on us. I don't think that's a judgment on him. I think that's just, as the situation's got to, I don't think anybody has stepped in and told him... Well forced him to make the right decision at the right time. Um, I think if he turns up and Yoss is still the manager, he's going to get absolutely slated. If he's brought in the best manager in the entire football world ever, he'll still be slated for not having done it three weeks ago. I think the guy's pretty damn brave to go into this situation, to be honest. Um, it's I don't think it's going to be an interesting... Or what, not an interesting night. I don't think it's going to be a fun night, no matter what, for either side. So... I'll put you on the spot of it. Um, I had a conversation this week around, uh, you know, like the way that Mr. Chancery has always acted. And it's always been quite controlled. It's always been reliant on kind of analytics and advice and statistics, etc. You know, we have Jos Lukai as our head coach right now because of, um, you know, because of his record in. Uh, 
you know, getting teams from the second tier of a major league in European football into the top tier, et cetera, using a certain amount of money, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Dave Fontanciri likes those kind of business metrics because he's a businessman. That much is clear. The one time that he, uh, he, he went away from that was when he, and the way that he would put it would be, um, he succumbed to the fans' desire to sign Jordan Rhodes and that was outside the plan. Um, would sacking Jos Lukai now and bringing in somebody like a Steve Bruce, would that be another knee-jerk reaction? And, and, and does, that, um, does that show that he is feeling the pressure and that he wants to be almost um, liked I, more than respected amongst the fans? I still have a fans? major sympathy with him, with the Jordan Rhodes thing, because I do... I've said it before, I feel like he was being a bit of a rich dad and he wanted to give us what we wanted and to make our Christmas brilliant and to do whatever else. And it ended up, it was a shit toy that he bought us. The batteries ran out. It kept sparking every few minutes, kept running into the wall. It was absolutely dog shit. Um, so I, I do feel for him on, on the Jordan Rhodes thing. Um, now I think... He's got to make a change. He's got to. I think we, we're all in agreement on that. He's got to make a change. Um, if it's Steve Bruce and he's not the right thing, then fine. I think it's got to the point now that we're not in a position that we can give him a few weeks and hunt around for a new manager. I think we're, you know, putting Lee Bullen in charge isn't a good move. Um, not long term, not past three or four weeks. Oh, and there's nobody else really that we can afford to bring in. Uh, I don't even know, to be fair, if we can afford to bring in Steve Bruce, if we're honest. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's got to do something. And I think now it's not it's not so much to please the fans. I think it's to not lose shitloads of money that is invested into a football club. You know, this is we're not in our wheelhouse um, as far as that's concerned. James, is that something that you know the Owls About Stat podcast would look at in terms of what the implications would be of um, a change of manager if we get a clearer idea um, of who that person might be? There's a lot of ifs and buts to it. Um, we don't know how much Yossi's on. Someone, it might have been the chairman, says that he's on more than Carlos was. I don't think that's true. Um, I don't think he's on a huge wage, to be honest. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that changing the manager, um, would, it would have an impact. Would it have a huge impact? Um, certainly getting rid of Yoss, I think, is something that we can afford to do. Uh, bringing in uh, a manager who's got oodles of Premier League experience is going to be really expensive. That's not a thing. Anyone that's thinking Sam Allardyce is realistic, forget it. Uh, but yeah, certainly, you know, making a change we, we could afford to do. But if we want to make a change and bring in someone that's a big name, we've got to sell a player. Yeah. And you know what? We'll see what happens in January. Um, if something happens on the management front between now and the opening of the transfer window. Um, so yeah. We, I think, you know, we've covered two of the major, um, stories, the major, the major happenings in the world of Wednesday, uh, so far. And we're, at, you know, three quarters of an hour into the podcast. Um, 
This is the Wednesday week in association with the Riverside Cafe. Um, let's rattle through some of the Wednesday news now. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping off the back of the Rotherham game. Uh, Barry Bannon has now incurred a two-match two ban for his uh, booking and the culmination of all of the bookings that he's had this season. Uh, perfectly timed, so he gets his Christmas break. He'll be back for the Borough game on Boxing Day. Um, in other news, the... Uh, yeah, you, the youth teams, I think call them youth, the under-23s, um, they had uh, veterans in the sense of Kieran Westwood, who played 45 minutes, uh, Yus Van Arken, both returning to meaningful action. Uh, the most Wednesday performance of all time. We were playing crew, we were 2-0 up going into injury time, ended up drawing 2-2, including conceding a goal to the opposing keeper, with the last kick of the game. Um, I don't even know what this bollocks means, but it is what it is. The under-18s have been phenomenal this season, but have lost twice. Uh, the most recent defeat being to Leeds United, who would beat us before. Uh, youth watch is not as interesting as it might have been. Um, other than we've we've signed a new player, haven't we, uh, today? One of the, the, the you know, the, the, the youngsters. Um, it's another Connor, isn't it? Can't remember his surname now. He's uh, he's just <laughs> he's uh, he signed on his 18th birthday. Some of the lads are all having a good time about it. It's exciting, and, uh, he's, and he's playing playing next to Westwood. Well, he's training with him, so so that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> um, right. So one bit of information, one bit of news that has happened um, that has I, I wouldn't go as far as say it's divided the Wednesday uh, fandom in the last 24 hours. Uh, Wednesday are opening a pop-up shop in Meadow Hall for Christmas. Yes. And that's absolutely fine. That's something that any club with an eye on commercial affairs would want to do. It's a major shopping institution. Um, there's going to be a lot of Wednesday fans walking past it. And actually, it's, the, it's a destination for those who want to do their Christmas shopping, want to get some Wednesday-related stocking stuffers. Um, it, it, why wouldn't you do that? Um, the one thing that is slightly worrying um, is that they launched this pop-up shop with what I can only describe as um, the most troubling promo video of possibly anything I've ever seen. Um, Fudge, right? do you have the words to describe what this video is and what it represents? <laughs> you put me on the spot there, aren't you? I um, it's uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with with a, with a plethora of uh, of words. I'm going to go with creepy, weird, uh, somewhat homosexual, maybe Morecambe and Wise relationship, uh, poor present substitute is what I'm going to go with uh, for that for that for that promo video. Um, if you if you've not seen it, uh, it's uh, it's it's a video of um. <laughs> Barney, oh, it's is that the music? Awful, isn't it? <laughs> Glorious! It's, it's a... the scariest music ever. Yeah. It, it's it's the music that makes it weird. Uh, it's it's like somebody's googled, you know, uh, copyright free music, and <laughs> just got let's play that. They just click the first one they've got. They've googled Every copyright so free delivery. Every so often there's some sort of like symbol <laughs> thing, and it sounds like there's going to be like, like some Aussie sort of stand up for the key change. And there isn't at all. It just keeps going. I honestly don't get it. So the the plot appears to be that 
um, that Ozzy wants a, a a very very nice sports car for Christmas, which you know we all do. That's fine. Uh, Barney twigs this and decides that he's going to make the sports car for Ozzy. Um, <laughs> he attempts to do this by arbitrarily trying to sell a ticket to Hollywood together. And and saw he, he saws wood in a way that is probably a health and safety nightmare. Um, he realizes he can't do this, so he then does like a, a like a five year old spacky drawing of a car. Um, gives up on that <laughs> and then just buys Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday Monopoly for Ozzy, <laughs> who who appears to be more happy with the idea of yeah. getting Sheffield Wednesday Monopoly than he did from getting a supercar, which is what he dreamed of all the way yeah. through. I, I don't even know. And then they end up just snuggling on the sofa, which it, you know, which in many ways <laughs> is heartwarming, but is also deeply disturbing <laughs> to children who aren't ready to deal with whatever relationship Ozzy and Barney have. I, just, I have so many questions. What even is this? I'll tell you what. We should do that, actually, Eddie. So we'll, we'll do a questions riff-off. Uh, what was your, you know, what are your burgeoning questions? You do one, I'll do one, because I've got, I've got a million. Right. Uh, uh, number one, um, do do Ozzy and Barney live together <laughs> all the time, or is uh, is Ozzy just hanging out at Barney's place? Right. Uh, my, yep. That, I've got one. If, if you have answers to any of these, don't forget to tweet us because we're not going to answer them. We're just going to ask you the people the questions. So, uh, go, go. All right. All right, my my next one is if if you know Ollie, Ozzy, let's say that Barney is visiting Ozzy, right? Or they're living together. I assume that's in Hillsborough, which is closer <laughs> to the megastore than Meadowall. So, why, 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 how does how does that? So help my him? question uh, has got know? to be right. So, whenever he's trying to make the car out of the wood and shit, and he gets all tangled up in the sellotape and whatever. Who decorated the tree? Because that's decorated really, really well in the background. And if you can't even <laughs> if you can't even hold sellotape, how have you decorated a tree? I just I just want to know, because I'd like them round next year. It took me a long time here. <laughs> just who did that? The over the overall impression is that they are in sheltered accommodation. Um, <laughs> there is they, they're getting watched over twenty four seven, and uh, basically the monopoly is an intervention um, because otherwise there was going to be some sort of horrific and like, DIY. You like, I'm really accident. sorry, you're going to have to go into um, accommodation. <laughs> However, and they'd sell you it, wouldn't they? They'd be like, it's got a hairdresser's, it's got a bar, it's got a cafe. Ozzy and Barney live down the corridor. Are you like, yes, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I'll tell you what, listen, I, I, I know we're being facetious, but I think it's a great idea that they've done it. Um, and and you know we we know we know Ozzy, don't we? We're we're good we're good mates of his, and, and I don't I don't want to seem like they're taking the piss. However, do you know what I mean? When with that piano music and the close up on Ozzy's eyes, he has got a yeah. dead stare like a serial killer, Annie. Those big, yeah. massive, great eyes just absolutely you just 
You're just captivated. It looks like that. What's that crap movie with um, George Clooney <laughs> and Sandra Bullock when they're in space? It looks like gravity. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just in exactly. his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? And when they have they have like a lovely cuddle at the end, and it, I mean it's clear that is it's real friendship, and that's absolutely fine. But in the back of your mind, every Wednesday fan <laughs> has seen Ozzy doing pelvic thrusts to the cop. You should know there's probably some actors going on in that situation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? A, a lovely idea, and the only two things that are slightly weird are, number one, don't build a supercar out of wood. Uh, number two, um, this... this 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 the music is so horrible and weird uh, that it just seems it's scary. It's like a kind of killer clown vibe rather than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's um, good. got like that well, what, uh, Michael Myers kind of eyes in it, hasn't it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a little bit of that. A little bit of that. But it's Christmas, and look, the the uh, it's got a point to it, which is Sheffield Wednesday are opening a shop in Meadowhall. Some of us are old enough to remember when Wednesday had multiple Emporia uh, selling all of the Wednesday tat, and it wasn't just at Hillsborough, it was at Meadowhall, and it was at Orchard Square, and it was in the co-op. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I like it. It makes complete sense. It's just a slightly off-kilter uh, promo for it. I, and so this is not the only commercial news that we have uh, around Sheffield Wednesday this week, because in other shop news, um, Marco Matthijs, uh, you know, obviously not getting enough of his match bonuses because he's opened up his own Portuguese patisserie shop uh, in the Peace Gardens, uh, promising to offer the best of uh, Portugal's uh, pastries and desserts. Um, James, you know. Number one, what do you know about this? Number two, do you have a preference for uh, Portuguese patisseries? Uh, I actually, um, I have been in. Uh, I didn't buy anything, but I just wanted to have a bit of a nosy around, to be honest. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I've been to, it's called uh, Lisboa, uh, which you have to pronounce it in the Portuguese way, Lisboa, not Lisboa. Uh, which is uh, Portuguese for Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal, no less. Um, I've been there, and um, I can confirm that there are loads of these little places that sell these kind of like, they're, they're just kind of custard tarts with some stuff sprinkled on them. Uh, but they're, I'm not a big fan of these kind of custard tart things. Apparently, they're absolutely lovely. So um, it's an interesting move. I want to know what happens if he does get his contract renewed at the end of the season, though, because that you know you think you're going to do it at the start of a of a four year contract, not the end. Surely, seems a bit weird. At, at what point does he go? I'm gonna I'm gonna sack off the football and just you know try and expand uh, Lisboa uh, into different areas. You know whether he goes like a bearers and he he just opens multiple shops around Sheffield, and he, could he go national? I, who knows? He could make more money than he does playing when playing for Wednesday, surely. Well, let's, if, if we uh, if we let him go, we can move him with Aussie. <laughs> Maybe Obama. that's what happened. You know, uh, he can he can help <laughs> put their Christmas decks up in Australia. <laughs> I, well, I'm thinking maybe maybe uh, if if Yoss is still doing you know kind of squad rotation and stuff, then you know you know Joao he could probably work as a Saturday boy at least do you know one one Saturday in two. He could work out there and uh, you know do some deliveries and stuff like that. Um, I don't I don't know where this can go because we could you know Sheffield 
uh, aside from Meadowhall, has been commercially, people are saying, oh, it's on a downswing, you know, Fargate's not what it used to be. You know, can we reinvigorate the high street in Sheffield by opening um, Wednesday player-themed uh, businesses? So, you know, Barry Bannon's Deep Fried Mars Bar Emporium, um, what Ash the Baker, you know, because he could do uh, bread. Or what about uh, Tom Lee's Cheeses? That's that's the yeah. best one. I, I enjoy <laughs> Tom, Tom Lee's. <laughs> Tom Lee's Cheeses. <laughs> or you know what? It could it could get down to competition because it could be Tom Lee's Cheeses and then Kieran Lee's Cheese, and they could be like opposite sides of Fargate. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so it's the Wednesday week, Riverside Cafe. Um, you know, they sponsor, I've got no idea why this sponsor has given the quality of uh, the last two minutes. Um, so we are almost at the end. We have, we've got, we've got a match this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're playing Swansea. Uh, it's, it's a long old journey. Uh, Swansea were doing pretty well. Uh, then they got tonked by Derby, Frank Lampard's Derby, let's be honest. Um, they got tonked by West Brom. They got absolutely tonked by Norwich. Uh, but then they've beaten uh, a reeling Brentford team who were probably the only team that's more disappointing than us this season. Um, they appear to be Oliver McBurney and then a lot of random veterans. Um, Wednesday are in desperate need of a win. <sighs> James, you know, can you, can you build a case for us to go down to Swansea and win this weekend? Uh, it's not a game that I'm particularly feeling confident about. Um, I looked at kind of the games that were coming coming up um, a week ago and you kind of look at the Rotherham one at home as being the one where we'd kind of be looking to get the three points and maybe if we get a point at Swansea, that'd be, um, that'd be pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I've got to be honest, I think we'll lose. I think we'll lose on Saturday. Sorry. Has anyone got anything positive to say about oh. this? It's the Christmas period. Can we not do better than um, just dying without a whimper? I tell you what, is, is, yes. is it, uh, and Vic, you, I know James, you wouldn't because you're too pragmatic, but I'm looking at you, Vic, and you, Eddie. Do you believe that, let's say if we had a dour nil-nil draw at the absolute best or got spanked five-nil, I wouldn't mind because it would, I would be um, a I'd step never, closer for Josh Lukai to vacate Wednesday that, yeah. to lose or draw any game. I, uh, like, all I ever want is us to win. Um, but then I must admit, come Saturday when we drew, I thought, oh, no, it's another game that he's, he's got away with it. Um, so I don't want to say that I'm willing us to lose or that I'm willing us to draw. However... Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, but I can't. I still can't physically bring myself to do it. Right, honestly, <laughs> where we go down there and win three nil, and you know, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, brilliant Wednesday are back." Blah blah blah. It's it's. I just I don't know what I want. I don't know what I whether I want a complete performance or whether I want it to just burn in flames. So, um. Yeah, who knows? We'll find out, won't we, in just four short days. Um, anyway, we'll, that will be for next week's Wednesday week. Um, hopefully, uh, we will be in a, a, you know, a happier frame of mind. 
you can tell how bad things have got when the most excited we all were was about Ozzy and Barney doing a primary school level version <laughs> of uh, you know, playing uh, in order to sell uh, you know five pound towels at uh, at Meadow Hall. Um, so it was the Wednesday week this week. Uh, James, how do we contact you on social media in between now and our next podcast? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at James Marriott. Um, giving this weekend a miss actually, because I need to do some Christmas shopping. So uh, if you're off to Swansea, have a good one. Well, speaking of Christmas shopping, Edward. Okay, I'm um, Vic. I just how wanted to point out that I've been you to the Sheffield Wednesday shop this week. this week, and I've done a little list. Like they do in like your women's magazines or whatever, where they say what you can find for certain prices. Uh, so if you'll all just bear with me one second. Uh, for £5 and under in the Sheffield Wednesday club shop. Believe me, it was a long half an hour. Uh, for £5, you can buy a blue plastic fidget spinner uh, with the Sheffield Wednesday logo on it. For £4, you can buy a pair of junior dress socks. Um, they have a badge on the ankle and owls on the side. Um, for about 2 or £3, you can buy Christmas cards and wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, Pudge. Uh, you can buy 12 balloons for £4. Brilliant. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, bargain. Uh, then we go on wow, to the ten pounds and under category. Oh, uh, so obviously, you can buy balloon. the All Wednesday <laughs> DVD by Matt Exton, which is fucking brilliant and probably the best thing on oh, sale in the whole shop. After that, you can buy a calendar for nine pounds. You can buy a Christmas mug for eight pounds. If you buy that, you are At any price Christmas mug. Uh, <laughs> For £8, you can buy, uh, in the words of Waitrose, an essential, essential beanie hat for just £8. <laughs> um, you can buy some old last season socks. <laughs> old last season socks for £8. Or, essential. indeed, if you wanted to go wild, you can buy a tape measure for £8. Uh, then we go to the... <laughs> I swear to God... I'm not even making this up. I wish I was making this up. Um, then we go to the mid-range. Um, so if you want to buy a sports bra for the lady the in your I life, um, they don't go up to a regular size, I'm not going to lie. Um, the regular size, and they literally just sell that. Yeah. Uh, but an Elevate sports bra, you can get for around £20. Yeah. Um, no, elevate. there is no elevation of the breast. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Right, when you say elevate, is yes. it called an... It is. <laughs> is it the brand elevate, like the it sports is, drink? Is that, is that what it elevate. means? Because the no irony of all of the that bra. is not wasted on it's me. That is, that is glorious. Um, they is, have some beautiful, I enjoy that. <laughs> absolutely stunning jewellery available between £8 and £60 from... <laughs> Crest badge earrings to um they do a stainless steel ring and they do a bangle they do all, all sorts between eight pounds and six pounds 
We don't. No, there wasn't a sovereign. I'm a, no, sorry. Do they do that we you don't. We, we haven't had a sovereign bottle, in a while. That, that just, used that to be the range. I didn't have time to find out if it was. <laughs> oh. um, one thing that you know, if you're feeling flush at Christmas, just as a special, special gift, James, close your ears because this is yours, babe. Um, you can buy the 2013 season review DVD for just twelve pounds, um, <laughs> which I personally think is it. Yeah, what an offer. Like, who wouldn't want to spend £12 on that? Um, brilliant. And I believe that was the season... I think that was the season we didn't score until I'm almost, nearly Christmas. It cost less so, <laughs> in 2013. Brilliant season review right there. Um, just to... There's three more things that I've spotted. Um, <laughs> so you can buy ladies' purse... £25. It's a long purse. It's a big purse. You can fit all your all your Tesco club cards and whatever's in it. Uh, just £25. It's fucking disgusting. If anyone bought me that, I'll shove it in your face. Not interested whatsoever. Um, however, for just £22, you can buy a gnome, a garden gnome that is flying the Wednesday flag over his shoulders. If there was ever a sign of being the classiest person on your street, it's got to be being a garden gnome, hasn't it? Um, and then the last, <laughs> the last bit that I spotted, which was probably my favourite trip of, well, my favourite bit of Glorious. my trip, um, was the Jordan Rhodes and Sam Hutchinson Sabutio t-shirts. That were on offer from £20 to £12. So if you want to buy a completely redundant T-shirt, there you go, £12. And that is my roundup of the club shop. Brilliant. Ah! So I think we've lost Eddie, actually. I think he's probably gone off to do some skiing. So, uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie, uh, Vic, <laughs> uh, on your social media, how we get all of you to take a look at... <laughs> Any of these uh, photos sadly, of the I only store, took a photo which of the clearly, as you describe it, and sounds like the first 20 minutes of saving Private Ryan. Uh, but you can find me at Victoria1867 on all of the socials. It's, it actually sounds like, has anybody come across this um, this Twitter account called Cold War Steve, which is, um, which is a parody of uh, Steve McFadden leaving these post-Brexit piss-ups. It, it's, if, you, if you get to see it, it's fantastic, and it's how I envisage the club shop to be, especially with the, you know, the 2011 branding with Miguel Yer all over the place. Uh, Eddie is available on Twitter. He's uh, Sausage Arms on uh, on Twitter. If you uh, if you want to look at some uh, some skiing or some knob drawing with the car pictures or anything like that. Um, my name's Dan Fodge. And, uh, Where's James? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take us out. I'll take us into the theme tune. See me on Twitter, at Dan Fudge. We'll see you next week. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.